Okay, now we're here. And uh, I'm glad that you're here. And you know what? Hold on here. I'm glad that I'm here too. Glad that we're all here together for New Hope Radio. Got to begin a brand new series today. So I think you'll enjoy it. Hope you'll enjoy it. It's going to make a difference in our lives. That's why we're here. We want to hear things from God that will truly make a difference in our lives. So thank you for joining me today. And we're going to get right into a brand new series. We're going to take a look at the life of Joseph. And you know what we're going to learn? We're going to learn that life has lessons. Yeah, life has lessons. And hopefully as we go through life, we're actually learning those lessons. I got all kinds of new stuff going on over here. Got a new mixer. Got to get used to that. I got new headphones. Got to get used to them. I kind of like my old headphones. They were airplane headphones, my orange ones. They were from a plane. And, you know, they give them to you for nothing. I just love them. They sound so good. They started dying on me, falling apart. Time to get new ones. And the new ones are always too bassy. I don't know why they have to make them so bassy. Maybe for the music, but I'm not here for the music. I'm here for the audio, for the speaking. I want to hear clarity. So anyway, let's get right into this because you don't care about that. Life has lessons. And we're going to be in a series about the life of Joseph. And we're going to follow him. And we're going to learn from him. And we're going to see that Joseph had some real trying times in his life. But you know what he did? He learned from those trying times. He really did. So thank you for joining me on 1590 AM, 92.7 FM, WARV, and on Facebook at New Hope Radio. All right, thank you all you guys. Welcome aboard. Now we know that life has some pain. Life can be painful. And as painful as life can be, one of the biggest pains in life is wasting the pain of failure. Wasting the pain of failure is worse than the pain of failure. Think about that. We need to learn from our failures. So even though failure might bring with it some pain, the failure to learn brings even more pain. Now, I always say, who needs more pain when you've got pain? Well, I don't always say that. Matter of fact, I think that's the first time I ever said it. But I might say it more often. Who needs more pain when you've already got pain? Okay? When you make the same mistakes over and over and over again in life, and you don't learn anything from them, what you're doing is you're adding to the pain of failure. Let me give you an example. A man was passed over for a a promotion in his company. And he was so irate that he went to his boss and he demanded an explanation. Why was I passed over? He asked his boss, how could you ignore me? I've been working here for 25 years. His boss said, you don't have 25 years experience. You have one year of experience 25 times. And what does that mean? It means that he never learned anything. He kept doing the same things over and over 
and over. He never learned anything. And this is what's going to bring us to the life of Joseph. Now, Joseph is very different from this guy. He's very different from the guy that we just talked about in that story. He's one that did learn from his mistakes and how to overcome, oh, I like this part, how to overcome circumstances. You know what we find in Joseph? We find a life of no excuses. Joseph was not a man of excuses. And if you're living a life of excuses for, you know, why you do or why you don't do what you do, then you're like the guy with the one year of experience. 25 times. You're not learning. Excuses don't help us to learn. Excuses actually enable us to keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Now, here is something you may not have considered. The greatest lessons of life, they don't come with ease. No, they come with pain. And if you fail to realize that, you'll be consumed with the pain instead of how to better yourself. Isn't that a rut? A rut is to be consumed with the pain of your failure instead of learning how to grow from your failure. Avoid the rut. Now, this principle is not original with me. The Apostle James, he said, you know that you can have joy in your trials, not because the trials are joyful, but because they can produce patience. And that patience will make you complete and you will lack nothing. So what he's saying is learning from the trials, learning from the testings, learning from the failures can make us better people. Oh, but it's in the learning. Patience means I can trust that God is in control when life seems to be out of control. Okay? That's called walking by faith. Right? The Apostle Paul, he said what? The just shall walk by faith. That's how we walk. By faith. We walk by believing in God. Trusting in God. Putting ourselves in the hands of God. That's how we walk. That's how we live life as God's people. It's what we do. Right. The demise of a person begins very small when they don't walk by faith. And then, oh, it increases. And sometimes very rapidly. It begins with a small cloud, then a bigger cloud, then more clouds. And then the storm breaks out. And why? Because we fail to learn from our mistakes. That's why. Now let's go back to Genesis chapter 37. If you'd like to follow along with your scriptures, that's beautiful. Very good idea. We're going to be in verse 1. And I'm going to use the contemporary English version translation. Okay? All right. Verse 1. Jacob lived in the land of Canaan, where his father Isaac had lived. And this is the story of his family. When Jacob's son Joseph was 17 years old, he took care of the sheep with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah. 
but he was always telling his father all sorts of bad things about his brothers. You could say that Jacob, Joseph's father, had ignored the biblical mandate for marriage. One man for one woman, that's enough, you know. And what he did was he took two wives. That's not too smart. He took two wives. And this resulted in a family where there was Leah, wife number one, she had sons. Rachel, wife number two, she had sons. And then there were some concubines in the, in the picture. They had sons. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Two wives and girlfriends all in the same house? Ay ay ay. Joseph, he was the son of Rachel. And the favorite, oh, he was the favorite son of Rachel and Jacob. And you know what that did? It created friction among the other sons. Oh, yeah. They didn't like that. No, Nobody likes to see another sibling as being the favorite. That never works out. You know, the name Jacob it means deceiver or conniver. And man, he certainly lived up to this when he cheated his brother Esau out of his birthright for a pot of stew. He manipulated his father Abraham into giving him the double portion of the inheritance. Then he entered into polygamy. And because of all of this, the family had become a very dysfunctional and divided family. It wasn't like a fun place to live. You see, God knows what he's doing when he says, one man for one woman, and the two shall become one. What God has joined together, let no man separate. God knows exactly what he's doing. But back in verse 2, but he, Joseph, was always telling his father all sorts of bad things about his brothers. It's like Joseph was his father's little spy. The little tattletale, you know? He's the runt of the litter, and he's always ratting out his brothers what they're doing. Hey, Dad, what? They're smoking behind the barn. Hey, Dad, what? They're playing penny poker. Hey, Dad, what? And he's just a little fink. That's what Joseph was. He's just a little fink. But Jacob loved Joseph more than he did any of his other sons. Because Joseph was born after Jacob was very old. Jacob had given Joseph a fancy coat to show, oh man, this is a bad news, to show that he was his favorite son. Joseph, I want everybody to know you're my favorite son. Here, I got you this nice coat. And you know what happened? <laughs> his brothers hated him. And they wouldn't be nice to him. Of course, the kid's walking around with this big sign. I'm daddy's favorite. Daddy likes me more than you. You think his brothers are going to like go for that? No. What we've got here is a blended family. And you know, it's not easy sometimes to manage a blended family. This is why it takes real thought and concern to do so. I've got a CD on the blended family. If you're interested, you can contact us and we'll get it out to you. So Jacob planted two ideas in his son's hearts. Two ideas. Things that, you know, they really didn't, I would say, pan out that well. Something that he shouldn't have done. 
And what was it? Well, number one, he made Joseph very prideful, singling him out as the favorite son. You know what it did to Joseph? It gave him an elevated sense of importance. You know the kind of person it's not fun to be around? Somebody that thinks too much of themselves. They think they're like too important, even more important than everybody else. You can have a tendency not to like that person. Joseph made that mistake. I mean, Jacob, he made that mistake. Then secondly, he turned his sons against Joseph because they felt rejected. Let me tell you something, dads. The worst pain your son can feel is rejection from you. That's worse than hitting his head with a hammer. When a son feels rejected by their father, you know what that does? It takes away their reason to live. It takes away their reason to become something, to do something. Now, I'm generalizing. There are always those that they're great overcomers. They have great moms that help them. But there's a special connection between the father and the son. And dads need to recognize that. They need to recognize how much their sons need their approbation, their respect, their, their, uh, what's the word I want to use? Their acceptance. Oh, sons want to be accepted by their fathers. And when they're rejected, the whole world falls apart. And these other brothers are going to do some pretty bad things. You know why? Because they felt rejected. And you know what's worse? They didn't feel bad about doing those bad things. Because that's what happens. When you feel rejected, you don't feel bad about doing bad. You don't. Because you're rejected. That's what rejection does. So this family, it became a breeding ground for hatred for bitterness, for jealousy. It grew there. I wonder how many families look like Jacob's family, even today. So much jealousy between the siblings and bitterness, maybe even hatred. Maybe this series will be helpful. I hope it will. You know, the the beauty of the Word of God is to be an antidote. It's to be a healer. It's to help. It's not to condemn. It's to show the way. And if your family's somewhat dysfunctional, the intention of this is to help it to be more functional. Not to condemn, but to direct and to bring healing. So one night Joseph had a dream. And the next day he gathered his brothers together to tell them about the dream. And here's what he said to them. We were all out in the field tying tying bundles of wheat and my bundle stood up and your bundles bowed down to it. (laughs) Here's a kid. He's already the favorite. He's got a coat to prove it. And now he's dumping this stuff on his brothers. In verse 8, his brother said, you really think you're going to be king and rule over us? Because that was the interpretation. Now, you know what happened? (laughs) They hated Joseph more than ever because of the dream. 
Oh, they hated him. They didn't dislike him. Before they just didn't like him. Now they hate him. Joseph's head, it seems to be inflating. It's like this balloon that's being filled with helium. Didn't he sense his brothers are hating him? Didn't he learn it was a good idea? Or it wasn't really a good idea to share dreams like that? You think he'd learn that? No, guess what? He had another dream. <laughs> What's he eating? And then the next day he got his brothers together and he told them, I had a dream. The sun, the moon, and the stars, they all bowed down to me. <laughs> then he told his father the dream. And his father, his, his father basically said, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? You think your mother and I are going to bow down to you? Because that was the interpretation of the dreams. See, Joseph lived life on a different planet than his brothers, <laughs> even his parents. He really did. His mind was so beyond where this, his family was. He ex his experience of special treatment had become now his expectation. You know that happens. Did that ever happen to you? Someone may do something for you a few times, and then you begin to expect it. Let's say somebody brings you a, a coffee in the morning at work, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I say, oh, that's nice. And then Friday they come in, they to bring the coffee. And you say, hey, how come you didn't bring me a coffee today? Are you mad at me? Did I do something wrong? <laughs> you see what happens? <laughs> it becomes expectation. That's what happens to us in our minds. Special treatment becomes expectation. Hey, special treatment is a gift once in a while. Don't let it become an entitlement or an expectation. Don't let it do that. So, in verse 11, Joseph's brothers, they were jealous of him. But his father, oh, he kept wondering about the dream. You know, here's the interesting thing. Joseph's dream did predict his future rise to greatness. Those dreams that he dreamed, yeah, they were going to come true one day. But instead of keeping them to himself, he flaunted them. See, there's a lesson here. God might have spoken something to your heart, something good about you. Don't be a bragamony. It's for you. If God wants someone else to know, he'll tell them. But don't let the blessings of God that, that are personal and in your heart cause you to get an inflated head and think that you have now become superior to mankind. Here's where the wisdom of Solomon would fit in. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. That's good wisdom there, Solomon. In other words, if someone's going to speak well of you, don't let it be you. <laughs> let it be someone else. It means more. Doesn't it? Doesn't it mean more when someone speaks well of you than if you go around speaking well of yourself? Of course it does. So Joseph made three mistakes. 
Okay? And remember, this message is about life lessons. Okay? So we're looking at Joseph, and we're learning some lessons for our own lives in this story. Okay? Mistake number one. He lacked discernment. Joseph didn't... Remember, he's 17 years old. Okay? He's still a teenager. We don't even know if he got his driver's license yet. But he lacked discernment. What is discernment? It's simply... The ability to judge well. That's discernment. The ability to judge well. To judge a situation properly. Proverbs 10.13 tells us, On the lips of the discerning, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him who lacks understanding. (laughs) In other words, if you don't have understanding, you're going to be chastised. But if you have discernment, when you speak, you speak wisdom because you have discernment. I'm going to give a shout out to all you Facebookers, you people that post things on Facebook. You need to remember this because sometimes, and I'm talking about Christians, post many foolish things and embarrassing things for the whole world to see without even you realizing it. I see family disputes on Facebook. That's not for the world. They should be embarrassed. But they're not embarrassed. You know why? Lack of discernment. That's why. When you have discernment, you become more aware of what you say, of what you post for the whole world to see. But when you lack discernment, you're just dull. You're dull to it. I put some posts up there that I deleted right away. I said, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. I try to catch them as fast as I can. Always think before you hit post. Reread it. Check it out. Does it make you look bad? Does it make you look good? Does it make you, does it make you look wise? Does it make you look foolish? Okay? So discernment means you have to look at the situation that you're in and then act accordingly. Just don't be yourself all the time. Sometimes you have to raise it up a notch. The second mistake mistake that Joseph made, he lacked sensitivity. He didn't consider the impact of his words on others. He didn't consider how his brothers would feel when he flaunted that dream. You know, sometimes people say they're just being honest. Well, I'm just being honest with you, but the truth is, honesty must be seasoned with salt. Sometimes we don't want honesty. Not if it's going to demean. Not if it's going to hurt. Let your words, Paul said, always be seasoned with salt. Right? Let your speech be seasoned with grace. Let your speech be with grace as though seasoned with salt. So you will know how you should respond to notice each person in Colossians 4, 6. To each person. You don't talk to everybody the same way. You talk to everybody differently because everyone is an individual. When Jesus came, he came full of grace and truth, didn't he? In John 1, 17. Grace and truth. Sure, he brought truth, but he brought grace too. 
The third thing that Joseph lacked, he lacked discernment, he lacked sensitivity, he lacked sensitivity, he lacked maturity. And he demonstrated he wasn't yet ready for the promotion of the dream. God was going to promote Joseph, but at this stage in his life, he wasn't ready because he wasn't mature. Again, this series is about learning from your own mistakes. It's not the end when you make a mistake. It's only the end when you fail to learn from it. And then you repeat it over and over and over again. You keep making the same mistake. That's not too bright. Joseph, he's 17 years old. He's got a lot to learn. But you know what the good news is? He's going to learn. Oh, yeah. He will learn. That dream will come true. But I'll tell you what, he's going to get some bumps and some bruises. Oh, yeah. You know, part of his learning is going to be unjust treatment. Think about that. Unjust treatment, the stuff that happens to us that we don't like, that's part of our life lesson. So we'll be getting into that in the near future as well. Next time we're together, we're going to see what happens when bitterness takes over. What happens? You know, bitterness is a root that affects everything. It does. Bitterness will affect every part of your life. And we're going to see next time what happens when it starts to take over. When it begins to control. And you know, business can be so powerful. Bitterness can be so powerful. You can actually lose. Here it comes. You can lose your self-control. Uh, you don't want to do that. We always get into trouble when we lose our self-control. So join me tomorrow at 12.30 Eastern Time as we continue with life lessons from Joseph. And we're going to see what happens when bitterness takes over. It's going to be a great lesson. Tune in. Get a friend to listen. Get some folks that struggle with these issues. They have to deal with them. Maybe dysfunctional families. We'll try to help them out the best we can. Don't forget about the Hope Club. Are you a member of the Hope Club? Join the Hope Club. You'll get some devotionals every week. And at $3 a week, you'll help keep us on the air. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click Donate. Go down to Radio Fund. Fill in the information. Make your commitment. We'll put you on the email list. And don't forget about our podcast. They're on our website as well. newhopecc.tv. I'll be back tomorrow with more.